This is Speaking of Speaking. Quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and the speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking, Carl Richards. Thank you, Matt. It is another edition of the Speaking of Speaking podcast. So glad that you're here joining us today. And my guest today is another author from the Voices Project, which I was a part of, Words of Wisdom, Inspiration, Courage, and Soul. Marika Van Asten is a published author and founder of a nonprofit Breadfruit House Dominica Foundation in the small country of Dominica, which has been fighting abuse and poverty. She's from the Netherlands originally. She realized, though, she was born for a greater purpose and moved to Dominica, where she uses her love of art and creativity to help young children be empowered and heal from their traumas. So we're going to find out more about Marika's chapter today as we also talk about speaking up and speaking out. Marika, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Carl. It's a real pleasure. So let's first talk about your journey, about your path. You say you're from the Netherlands. What was it that made you make that shift to Dominica? Well, I did some volunteer work in Costa Rica 11 years ago, and then I realized I like the climate in Central America better than I do the climate in the Netherlands because I hate winter. And I volunteered at a little primary school high up in the mountains, and I really loved working with the children. So it's sort of planted a seed that someday somewhere I wanted to do something then five years went by and I met a guy from the lovely island of Dominica online and that's what sort of sparked my going there I first visited the island in 2011 and came here like every year since on holiday he came to visit me and eventually after six years of a long distance relationship I was done With that, so I decided to uproot myself and move to a different continent, which kind of backfired after three weeks living here because I ended the relationship. And there Uh I was (laughs) in a country that I didn't know any soul, no job, no house, no car. I rented an Airbnb for one month and Because the Wi-Fi was really horrible, I had a lot of time contemplating whether to stay or join the towel. And I decided to stay. And here I am five years later. Wow. That is an amazing story unto itself. (laughs) (laughs) So it would have been easy to, well, maybe not easy, hightail it and go back to at least what you were familiar with. But you chose to stay and your life's work continues there. Yes. Well, there's actually two reasons I decided to say my then ex-partner said, I don't think you will ever be able to make it here. And I thought, hmm, you watched me go. That was one. (laughs) There's incentive. (laughs) Someone says you can't do that. And you go, watch me. (laughs) Yeah. Sort of like Pippi Longstocking saying, I've never done this before, so I think I can. And the other thing was, I really felt... I had work to do it. And I cannot explain mm. that exactly like, I mean, I had the idea I was, would be working in his village with the village children. So I thought, okay, let me just try. I can always go back. I mean, I still have my Dutch passport. So I had a really dear friend said, Marike, just try, try. And if in a year's time you think, oh, this is horrible, I can't do it, you can always come back. But at least then you know you tried. And well, it worked. <laughs> 
<laughs> apparently, and it's still working very well. And I congratulate you for continuing the work that you do. We'll talk about your chapter in just a moment because I want to get some clarity on that. But I also want to talk about this whole concept of speaking up and speaking out. When we started the conversation about what we're going to talk about today, you said, well, I love speaking and speaking up is very important and more people should do it. And I thought, you know what? Let's go down that path because I think you're right. We could talk about this forever, <laughs> I know. But, the, but the episode should only be so long. But what I wanted to touch on was in your experience, the whole concept of speaking up, is it something that you personally have struggled with along your journey, speaking up or speaking out? In a way, yes. I was bullied a lot as a child for the most bizarre reason you can possibly think. I was too white because I don't get a suntan. If I tell the children that here, which is predominantly a black community, they are like, miss, you can never be too white. I said, yes, that's why I was bullied because I never was ripe after summer break. I didn't have a suntan. I get the sunburn easily. I only have a lot of freckles. Mm -hmm. And I was never able or found the courage to speak up to those bullies. I just let it happen. That's the first thing I felt I should have spoken up or maybe should have. Well, I mean, you're young. I understand that. But And the second thing is I worked in the financial world for 30 plus years. That sort of gives away my age. And I felt nobody actually spoke about it, but I'm not a size zero And the financial world is like size zero, pencil skirts, six inch heels. And especially when you're a little higher up in the tree. And I never felt seen, but I also never addressed it because I didn't find the courage or didn't feel worthy enough to uh, think, okay, this is me and I work and I do my job well and people like the job I do, but I still felt, hmm. So that's one of the things I want to teach the children that it's okay to speak up for many reasons. And it doesn't mean you have to be, um, you have to offend people, but you can still raise an issue and say, I feel like this because you do that. So in that sense, yes, I have encountered it myself. It's funny how you mentioned that because I believe that one of the reasons why people in business or even in their own careers, why they don't speak up and speak out in their jobs or careers is because they've been bullied. And then, like you said, the other side of that is, well, if I'm not the pretty one, if I'm not the, you know, your definition, if I'm not the supermodel, I'm not the one that looks it's very shallow thinking, but that's, but that's the way society has pegged it. And clearly not just, you know, in Western culture, but where you've spent a lot of your time as well. So, but that sets things in motion. So we're bullied as children. We're not the most attractive. We're not the, you know, hottest woman or, you know, hottest man of the year based on what People Magazine <laughs> says. So therefore we don't measure up. We're not good enough because of those reasons. And how does that affect other things? How does that affect our ability to even in your example, speak up and say, you know, please don't bully me or I am worthy, but even how does it affect us when we do have to do something like what I do for a living and that speak and be inspiring and share a message that is there to help others. 
Well, I think it helps me to first start writing because writing is mm. sort of safe behind your little laptop typing on your keyboard. Even though I want to speak and I want to inspire others to say there are steps you can take to live a happier life. I don't want to tell everybody to uproot their life at 55 and move to a different continent. That's not it, but you can still make small steps or make changes in your life that feel better to you, change your job or I don't know what. So I think by writing my story helps me to, okay, I matter and my story matters. Mm -hmm. And others who have read it said, okay, yes, oh, wow. I didn't know that happened to you, but you're so brave or courageous or whatever. So that sort of makes me more validated or more seen, if that's how you want to put it. When you're teaching this to the children, children obviously perceive things in a different light, but they're very impressionable. You have to be careful what you say. If you say, don't wear that blue shirt, it's tattered or it's dirty. And it, what if it's the kid's favorite shirt? Or that shirt makes you look too skinny, too fat, too whatever. Kids are the most impressionable. And we forget sometimes that what we're saying is having that adverse effect. Absolutely. Yeah, I try to stay away from that altogether. I've noticed mm -hmm. that children don't really care what you look like as long as you have the right vibe. And after, I think the last group I did in our program after session two, they all wanted to come home with me. We did story writing at some point, And one of the little girls asked me, Miss, can you help me spell teacher? And she was laughed at. So I thought, okay, we're going to address that. But we do it. So I told them, listen, everybody learns at a different pace. So if I never tell how to spell teacher, how will she learn? And the next week I had a blank piece of paper and I told all the children say something bad to the paper. So every time somebody said something bad, you're ugly or whatever, I scrunched it up and eventually it was a bowl. And then I said, okay, start saying nice things to the paper. So I unfolded the paper, but of course it doesn't look the same anymore because it's all scrunched up. I said, that's what bullying does. Mm. You hurt people and that hurt can never be undone. So in my session, nobody gets bullied. You can express an opinion, but nobody gets bullied for either not knowing how to spell a word, not knowing how to do math, write their own name. It doesn't matter. It's amazing, though, as you indicated in your first piece you were talking about there, how it does in a different form, but it's still bullying or expectations or however you want to put it, how it does carry on <coughs> into the adult world, in the working world, and in certain industries for sure, if we don't address it, if we don't nip it in the bud and say, hey, that's wrong. It's wrong for, you know, to have an expectation of what I should look like body shape or body build wise to do a particular job. Yeah. And skin and color, the same thing. I yeah. mean, I always tell the children is just a coat. Your coat is dark brown or light brown. Mine is white. Other pieces can be yellow, purple, polka dot. I don't care. It's just a coat on the inside. We all look exactly the same. And we did a session on uh, what if all the crayons would have just one color, how boring would that be? Yeah. I said, it's the same with people. Look, we're all different. And your hair is nice. My hair is nice. Your skin is nice. My skin is nice. It doesn't matter. Because I want them to know that even though they live in a shack somewhere in Gotteville, they still matter. 
Because if you start young and you build them up from like six, seven, eight years old, they have less to carry around with them feeling unworthy or unseen or whatever. It doesn't matter where you come from. You are you and that's good enough. But I think it helps that I felt bullied. Uh, I was bullied as a child. I know how it feels. So I also know, and I, I'm not blaming their parents or their teachers because they're really struggling, but I get a chance to work with them one and a half hours every week and I get to do that. So that's why I always I have hashtag I love my job. I mean, it's amazing. I love it. And I love that analogy of the box of crayons that how boring would it be if they weren't all different? <laughs> I also like what you said earlier about I'm a guy who speaks for a living and we're talking about speaking up, but if speaking up and speaking out, whether that be, you know, you're getting on stage for the first time and there's some nerves behind it because of previous experiences, you know, dealing with a bully or dealing with a boss that, you know, in Marika's example, is, was always, you know, you know, you're not a supermodel. So I don't know. It's okay to write things down first, to have that experience getting it on paper first and then taking it from there. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I'm writing my life story at the moment from beginning to end. So not just one right. chapter. And it really helps to process things and also to reframe them. Because something that happened 40 years ago, you can now look at, okay, I'm here now. I've done this. I've built my life here. It was bad, but I now use it as an experience to know how it feels for others to go through the same thing. Right. Let's talk about your journey. And I do want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit more about that story that you're writing, which is okay. phenomenal. But let's talk about your journey into voices. How did this come to be for you? When did that happen or how did that happen? Well, to be honest, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, how did I meet Carol? And to be fair, I have no clue. You know how you sometimes, well, I don't believe in coincidence. Yeah. Things happen for a reason. And yeah. for some reason, I happened to stumble on a post that Carol did on social media. Mm. And I was like, okay, because many people uh, have told me, yeah, you should write a book. And I was like, yeah, but how do I do that? And publishing and whatever. So that's why I embarked in the journey with Carol. Yeah, I was like, okay. I mean, it was tough because mm -hmm. at the beginning I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to keep within 4,500 words. And it's like 30 years pressed into like this tiny bit of text. <laughs> but it, in the end, it worked with a lot of support from Carol. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, and it's amazing to actually hold the book with your written words in it. I mean, it's my first published book. So I think it's awesome. That's a really good feeling. This is my third. The fourth is coming. I'm in grit. So that's coming oh, cool. with Carol next time. Yeah, very, very cool. But I know what you mean. It's that the journey, and I know where I met Carol. I know how I met Carol, <laughs> but it's amazing the journey. And there were a couple of times where I just wasn't sure if I was hitting all the marks I was supposed to hit when I finally signed off on the chapter. And you know, you had more than one opportunity. It's like, Okay, this is the final chapter. Okay, this is the ultimate final, no more edits, check it for this. And I'm looking at it, I'm going, wow, from where it was in the early stages to where it is. And you must feel this too, that being able to open this up, being knowing that your voice, written context, is being heard in this. That must have felt amazing too. Oh, yes. Like I said, my books ended up in the Netherlands because where I am currently, we have no postal service. And when I was in the Netherlands, I took one because I wanted to have it like in my hands. 
And it's amazing. I can't even describe it. You have to have experience for yourself to think, oh, I wrote this and I'm now holding it in my hands. It's officially, it's on Amazon for sale for others yes. to read. And it's an international best-selling book, which yes. is phenomenal. That's another thing. I don't know where it lands in Dominica, but it's number one in Canada. I believe it's number two or maybe even number one in the US now. And I think it hit number wow. two or number three in the UK, which is also amazing. Yes. But the other thing too is, I mean, how many people's lives are being changed from these stories? So we're talking about speaking up and speaking out. How many people are now that have read this? They've read your chapter or even some of the other authors' chapters are feeling that they can now speak up or speak out or even just, like you said, make that one small change, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a big change like uprooting from your home country and moving somewhere else. It can be something simple like maybe you're in a toxic relationship. Maybe you're in a job that you don't love anymore. Maybe you're but allowing yourself to do that. And be confident and then tell that story. And if you can't tell it vocally yet, don't be afraid to write it down. Absolutely. Writing can be a great outlet to put your thoughts to paper and reread it and think, okay, yeah, I felt like that five years ago or two years ago or yesterday even. But also going forward, write down where you want to go from here. Do you want to write more books? Do you want to change your job? And what is it that you like to do? Also, write your dreams on paper and focus on where you want to go. I think that can be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Just do something. Yes. (laughs) Do something. Yes. (laughs) Don't stagnate. Don't just status quo isn't the greatest place to be, especially if, you know, I don't know how many people have said it, different thought leaders that have said the craziest thing you could do is expect change, but not do anything different. Just expect that the change is going to magically happen. It doesn't happen that way, unfortunately. Uh, No, sadly, no. (laughs) It'd be easy if it did, right? Before I let you go, I want to give you the opportunity to offer something to the audience or allow them an opportunity to connect with you. So what do you want to pass along to our listeners today? Well, my what's high on my to-do or bucket list or however you want to call is inspire others, not only with my writing, but also with my speaking. I have a website, storiesfrommyrockingchair.com, mm. where you can contact me and ask me to talk to people or just connect with me in that sense. That's where I will also be. The backdrop of my book is my entire life story from beginning to where we are now. And of course, my breadfoodhousedominica.com is the website for my nonprofit here in Dominica. We'll make sure that we get those links posted in the show notes. So anybody wanting to connect with you after today can do that. It sounds like an amazing opportunity for people to, as you said, find out more about what you do and also connect in a different way too. Yes. Marika Van Asten, this has been a fantastic discussion. Before I ultimately let you go, I'm going to give you the opportunity to leave us with a final thought. Okay, I really like a lot of the things that Maya Angelou has said and written. And I remember a conversation she had with Oprah Winfrey, where in which she said, you never know what your legacy will be. So I hope that with my nonprofit, I instill values and thoughts in those children that they know they matter, that they're worthy and help them to work through the traumatic experience they have and not fill up their backpack with bad things. That's it. 
Wow. Marika Van Asten, it's been a great discussion. Thanks for joining me on the Speaking of Speaking podcast today. Thank you very much for having me, Carl. It was a real pleasure. And remember, get out there and own the platform. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at CarlRichard72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking 